times I feel old like I'm going out of style So I turn down the music on my FM dial I beg of you to come and listen for a while And look at this wonderful world through the eyes of a child what is going on, Beards and Brodies? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks and everything Houston Rockets. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. With me is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. We are here right now for this part two of from part one of the uh, takes from the summit. And now we are here for it. We are here to talk about off season and we are in a bit of an off season right now so gm how are you feeling right now about a few weeks into the off season um a false sense of positivity no i'm kidding uh, don't talk so negative <laughs> <laughs> no but i mean there's a lot there's a lot of uh, moving parts that are possible obviously the first part is the head coach and that's a very exciting time and period for us because of the fact that it's something that's going to completely change the dynamic of the team and that was obviously very necessary especially after the last two years um so yeah i think for me like i'm just i'm ready like i feel like it's the time is now what does john cena say yes uh your time is up my time Time is is now now. you can't see me my time is now there you go we can't see the coach yet but his time is now now. oh i well i I guess i kind of already know your choice for uh Coaching, <laughs> coach. John Cena. Oh, but why? No one else can see him. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I, I I personally would prefer to go Jeff Hardy in terms of coaching, but I feel like he'd just be too reckless. <laughs> Maybe Matt Hardy would actually make a better coach. <laughs> no, because we'd have different personalities in Matt. We'd get Money Matt. <laughs> yeah, we'd true. get Broken Matt. We'd get Matt Two or uh, maybe 3.0 now. We'd get uh, Sensei Mattitude. <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't know what else we'd get. We'd get a lot of Matt. We get And maybe too much Matt. I, uh, that's too too many too many mats. Uh, but what can I say, dude? All the mats love me. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? You guys are listening right here. This is uh, basically just going to be part two of the podcast here. And we're just we're happy that y'all are here. And let's go. Are you ready, ready to dive into this? Let's do it. All right. Sweet. Here we go. So... Let's just do a quick like review from what had happened last episode. We talked about Game 5 uh, and the heartbreak that it brought in to not the firing of D'Antoni, but with D'Antoni being a free agent and him. Well, actually, let's go ahead and talk about this right now. D'Antoni technically wasn't let's talk fired. About this. I mean, he, he let's talk about this right now, GM. Back. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He didn't get fired. Let's talk about this. So what had happened was, let me just lay the groundwork for you. They lost the ga- they lost game five. They were on the plane, and I read. I have my subscription to the Athletics, so I was able to read everything. I keep forgetting. I need to give that to you. Shout so out you to can- uh, Kelly Iko who wrote the article. Kelly Iko is always in the middle of everything. So Kelly Iko wrote this uh, amazing, amazing uh, story, amazing article, basically saying that D'Antoni had chosen to not be the coach anymore before they freaking touched down in Houston. <laughs> yeah, that he had already had his meeting with Maury like the day before, and he met up with the coaches, and he probably told the players on the team plane that this was going to be it for him. Yep. So before they even touched down in Houston, uh, D'Antoni was basically going to be gone. So we knew, we both kind of knew that D'Antoni's time was coming. We think anything anything less than an NBA, final, NBA Finals birth was going to be the leaving of D'Antoni this uh, this year. And obviously, we got we got ousted in the second round. So, I guess for us, though, how, how do you feel right now with that? With essentially the D'Antoni era over, and what are your like fondest memories from the D'Antoni era? Twenty eighteen, man. Like just seeing the joy he had coaching Harden and Chris Paul. Um, the thing about him um, to the media is that he was a lot more accessible. He was a really good basketball mind. He he also had a good um, head on his shoulders as someone that who responded well to the media. He wasn't closed off of a Bill O'Brien type vibe. He was more you know open to anything that would happen. He was always exchanging banter with the journalists. He always stood up for his team. He never blamed them. He always took the blame. You know, I mean, granted that's a coach's thing, but he always had the backs of. James, Chris, Russ, anyone on the team, he was always behind them. And that was always good. He empowered them to an extent, more so the stars. 
Yeah. And you and you could also argue he unlocked James Harden. Yeah, he the first year he came MVP here. Harden. Harden was the point guard. Yep. You remember the there was that episode of Game of Zones where D'Antoni I, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but D'Antoni invites Harden in. You you remember Game of Zones, right? Yeah. The parody of Game of Thrones. Yeah. So he invites Harden in and it's so funny, like he just looks like a like like almost like a cross between like Doc Brown and Game of Thrones. So like basically he's like, Harden, come in, come in, come in. And he has like all this wacky gadgets and equipment, and he's like and Harden's like, Oh, okay, so you're the new coach, I see. And then D'Antoni's like, I have a crazy idea, an absolutely crazy idea. You should be the point guard. Harden's like me, a point guard. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 you have to give credit where credit is due. Um, ultimately, we we had high expectations; they were met. Some can say they were exceeded um, to a degree. But he did unlock James Harden. He did unlock MVP James Harden. And and you could also say if you've watched The Last Dance, right? You remember how Doug Collins did the same thing with MJ, right? Yes, yes. He did the same thing with Jordan. He Coddled unlocked him and unlocked him. Exactly. Um, it was a mixture of, you know, positivity and negativity all in one. You know, like yeah. it gave him a little too much. He wasn't he didn't have to be accountable for anything because of the fact that it allowed him to be, you know, um Michael Jordan in the sense of just controlling every aspect. Um that's why that's what I see in this um for Harden is that he had the coach that put him at the tippy top level talent wise now we need the coach to um exercise his brain to la- allow him to work slower absolutely and even though Harden already works kind of slow oh That's he will uh, you know i think i think uh most people agree that he only works yeah. at one capacity <laughs> so yeah, we, we really yeah. just need the coach that can psychologically mentally and emotionally stabilize him you know, and that's why sense, that's why this it, this, this coach is crucial. This coach is going to be crucial. Yes, yes, that's right. And um, with that said, before we close the book on Dan Tony, uh, I the GM gave his perspective, and my perspective is uh, similar to his. Twenty eighteen was the greatest year in franchise history outside of the two titles. I truly appreciated watching Dan Tony coach. Um, I truly appreciated watching him uh, give the players the free reign and the free-flowing offense that they did. The offense was ran beautifully, if done correctly, whenever Harden's you know head and heart was in it. Um, it was one some of the fondest years I've had in, uh, in, was in Rockets history. That fondest year. Absolutely. Well, I'm 2018 for sure, but like 20, the 2017 season was so fun. Oh, it was such a it good It was so season. fun to watch with Rhino and, Gore, and Gordy and, and Patrick Beverly. And James Harden, it was it was a it lot was, of fun. You know, so you know, so I'm just saying, like I I appreciate everything that Mike D'Antoni gave to our team, and we're better off. We're better off now, now than here. when he before he came in. Yes. So I appreciate D'Antoni for that. He's left his legacy. He's left his mark in Houston. He will always be the coach. He will always be known as the coach of the 2018 Rockets, the most, the winningest uh, Rockets team in franchise history with 65 wins. Mm-hmm. So from the GM and the commissioner, Mike D'Antoni, we appreciate you and we thank you so much for everything that you did for the city of Houston, from the way that uh, y'all were giving to the charities of you and your wife. And um, we appreciate everything that you've brought to the team, especially and unlocking uh, James Harden. So we appreciate that. But... With that said, without let's let's skip all the niceties. It's time to flip the let's page. Let's flip the page because it's a new chapter. And some argue, and actually most argue, this could be the last chapter in terms of championship aspirations. Yes. These this coach, GM, because we need to talk about this. This next coach that will end up coming in is going to change the course of history of this team, of whether or not we're gonna either compete for a title or one year of failure, and you just have to pray Harden's. You just have to pray that Harden is a uh, loyal enough to want to stay. Yeah. So big, big time, uh, big time moves here. Big, big time moves. So let's go ahead and talk about that now. Uh, GM, the coaching candidates mm-hmm. for the Houston Rockets. I'm sure everyone that is a Houston Rockets fan has heard. You know who the names that have been kind of spilling over, spilling around. We're gonna talk about 
the most common names, but then we're also going to go out of left field a little bit. Talk about coaches that are maybe not known. Maybe not known to y'all, but definitely known to me and especially the GM. Because yeah. I know the GM has plenty of coaches in the back pocket or a short list of coaches that he would like that you may not have even heard of or mm-hmm. barely ever heard of. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's dive into this. Let's dive into this right now. Let's talk about uh, coach, coach number one. Coach number one of the coaching candidates right after D'Antoni officially put his statement to leave the team the first name that that came up yeah was Jeff Van Gundy so let's mm-hmm. go over, let's let's go ahead and talk about Jeff Van Gundy real quick uh he was the coach of the Houston Rockets for 3 to for 3 or 4 seasons he uh was obviously he coached Steve Francis and Yao but then ultimately coached T-Mac and Yao yeah. not known as a great offensive mind but known as a but also known as a culture setter yes. as a and has the respect of star players mm-hmm. so i just have to ask you right now what do you think of Van Gundy a reinvigorated Van Gundy that we might also add because of the fact that he's been he's been coaching team USA Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to know what your opinion is on <clears throat> Jeff Van Gundy as a coach, potential coach. I have a mix. I have mixed emotions. I mean, I would as much as I would love to see JVG. I'm not sure about the kind of offense he might run. I'm afraid that it might end up like a Mikhail, you know. Um, but that see, that's just me. Because yeah, yeah. In 2004, 2005, you know, there's not offenses weren't really that. Um, inventive in the sense of today's nba well i mean heck i mean yeah 2000 yeah 2004 to 2007 i mean your star players were what kobe t-mac but 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 the role players like you know like the um the the idea of the shooter Mm -hmm. the shooter's game right obviously not a very big deal so there wasn't really much room for yeah then that was when d'antoni was running yeah that was his yeah in phoenix but um, offensively, we're not so sure, barring he brings in a strong staff to surround him. Correct? Yes. Um, but we, but we, but we do know about Van Gundy is that he will definitely change the culture. He will set the tone defensively. He will set that foundation. And that's the upside of yes, him, right? Players yeah. will thrive under him. But the thing is that we are also afraid of is that he hasn't coached an NBA game in thirteen. Years. Yeah, 13 years and you know um the difficult thing about that is that you know today's nba is a completely different nba from when he was coaching so there's a lot more um openness to coaches social media is around and so in that sense there can be a lot more slander that could be sent his way if things do not go his way you know um i it as much as I look at it, like I do think that he could possibly be a great hire because he can definitely discipline. Um, the only thing I'm not sure is the success because he doesn't have that success that uh, behind him that mm-hmm. garners that type of respect from a James Harden. Yes. But I mean, I'm yeah. not sure. We don't know what the guy's thinking. All we can say is that what you've read on message boards saying that Van Gundy is going to want them to practice even more like a Tom Thibodeau style, right? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. that's obviously not going to work with this team. Granted, our team has age. Injuries will obviously be a lot more um, – w- would occur a lot more in that sense, correct? Yeah. But I don't think Van Gundy is like that. I think he's smarter than that um you know the idea of even working with um what's his name like even what if he brought in stan as his assistant how amazing would that be that'd be pretty cool to have two coaches that have led teams nba finals absolutely that'd be that'd be freaking awesome in Um, that sense i don't know i don't even remember who was on his staff at that point in time Uh, like from outside of thibodeau was the was the was yeah really oh it was uh no it was uh sigma Jack Sigma. Jack Sigma. No, that was Adelman, dude. Was that Adelman? That's Adelman. Oh, jeez. See, Adelman. So even before that, I yes, really don't yes. remember. So, I mean, we don't really remember. Juwan Howard wasn't even a coach. He was. Yeah. So it was so long ago that Juwan Howard was our starting power forward before Chuck Hayes. Yes. So I that's mean, how long it's it's been. Yes. So it's been, it's been a minute. And I agree with mostly everything that you're saying. I think personally that the offense is... He's not as away from the game as you think. People mm-hmm. would technically think always oh, been away from the game for too long and they'd feel how you feel yeah my counter argument is but he's been coaching team usa for the last few years yeah he knows the offenses in the way that it's predicated and set he plays maybe not in the nba but he knows the the drill right now mm. he's he's been the coach he's been the coach of of all these uh the past you know 
what is it, uh, Team USA teams, and he's the offense has been running very, really, really well, all yeah. things considered. So I think he, I, me personally, I think he'd be a great hire, uh, just just for the fact that it's cult, it's a culture set. Culture I think reset, that that, yes, and yes. I think that's what we this team needs. They need a yeah. culture change. But you, you know that they, they, you feel like they need a disciplinarian in the sense, of in a way, yes, someone yes. that not. In the sense of overworking, but more so holding the stars accountable, especially Harden. What what Phil Jackson did for Jordan was Phil, the first day he came into the job, he told Jordan, okay, you're not going to average 35 anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just telling you now. Like, you're not going to average 35. But if you trust this scheme, if you trust me as a coach, we'll get there. Yep. So, Van Gundy, in my opinion, is, is one of the candidates that has the balls to go to Harden nose-to-nose and say, hey, you're not going to average 35 anymore. Let's be real here. Mm-hmm. Let's go for a title. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So in that sense, I, I would I would prefer Van Gundy. So, and changing of the flow of exactly, his offense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, especially yeah. defensively. I don't mm-hmm. think that, that, can get, that can be talked about enough. Mm-hmm. I, think he'd be, I think he'd be a great candidate. So that's one candidate. Let's go ahead and move on to another candidate. And, uh, and I think the GM knows him. He loves him. He's his, uh, he was his favorite player when he was a child. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alien Head. <laughs> so many different nicknames. Actually, I think the first jersey you ever owned was the, the ketchup and mustard of this, of this guy right here. Yep. Right? Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about him. It is uh, two-time champion and Clippers assistant, Sam Cassell. Uh, Justin, let's let's go and talk about this right now. Sam Cassell as is is also garnering, I think, also the most one, some of the some of the biggest noise. Van Gundy and Cassell one and two are definitely garnering the most noise in terms of getting the uh, vacant head coaching job in Houston. Absolutely. How do you feel about Sam Cassell, which would be his first time being a head mm-hmm. coach in in the history of his life? So how do you feel about that? I think not many people would agree with me when I say that uh, to me personally outside of nostalgia he might be the best option because I mean I don't want to go based on trends or coincidences but most of the coaches that have won titles recently have been first time head coaches. Nick, yes, 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 Nick Nurse, like Nick Nurse, Steve Kerr, Ty Lue, Ty Lue. Yep. like those are new coaches bringing in a different mindset to already built teams. Yep. And these are coaches that have what is the the main thing about them? They have championship pedigrees. Mm-hmm. Yep. All to them. Yep. You know, maybe as not players as, as coaches, players, but yeah. you know, Nick Nurse won titles in the in the G League, the former D League. Steve Kerr won titles with Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Ty Lue was there during the Kobe Shaq era. Yep. Of he was. the first three peat. Yep. Oh sorry, the only three peat. But you know, the fact that Sam Cassell Won two championships with a Hakeem Olajuwon, a Clyde Drexler, a Mario Ellie, a Vernon Maxwell, Robert Ori. The list goes on and on, right? Yep. He has seen a multitude of personalities, yep. and he was under a player's coach of a Rudy T. Yep. But then also, he did win those two titles in the beginning, but his tenures and all these different teams showed him, you know— a plen- plentiful amount of different coaches. He, If anyone Absolutely, remembers, yeah. when he got Absolutely. traded to Phoenix, Danny Ainge retired and became the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. Yes. And he yeah, was yeah, a yeah. huge enemy to the Rockets in the 94-95 playoffs. You know, and then you saw that toxicity, you know. He got yeah. traded to Dallas yep. for a very small, small time. And then mm-hmm. he moved on to New Jersey. Yep. You know? So he was under a lot of different coaches. And then even then, he won in 2008 with the Celtics, his final year in the NBA. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And he right. was yeah, more yeah. so um, a player coach aside a Doc Rivers, you know? Yes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's obviously been um, – he's had a lot of experience. He's been through so much. He's He played alongside some of the greatest players ever. Let's not give him – it's not – uh, shy away from that yeah right of course um, of course he might have been under the most overrated coach of all time but that's neither here nor there well you know, you, know, you can also say it, you, it can be an influence on it him it could be he an could influence be, on him because he, could be he knows what artist. he could also but he could yeah. also know what not to do yes exactly and so. that's the thing he's seen meltdown after meltdown after meltdown but he's only an assistant 
He's not the head coach. His word isn't going to. Yeah, his his word can only get so far to the players and to the and to the coach. And the thing about Sam is that he comes from a very extremely humble background. He was he was born into poverty. Yes, he did everything he could to get out of Baltimore because that's where his family is from. Yep, you know, and then he went to Florida State. You know, that's the same school as what's it called, Vernon Maxwell. And doesn't it also remind you a lot of uh, how Rudy T grew up too? Because Rudy T grew up in a very poor background as well. This is also one of your biggest comparisons. I remember that you brought up with me between him and Rudy T being new uh, assistants for a long time. Yes, and taking the first head coaching job. Yeah, and being able to run with that. A lot of these stars, you know, like granted, it can go both ways. It could be a someone like a Van Gundy who could discipline James, but it can also be a Sam Cassell who's been there, been through the grind, exactly the same as a Harden, Westbrook, PJ. This guy understands what they've been through, yep. and he understands the difficulties of winning it all. He's seen it. So in that sense, even then, like he was with the Clippers in 2000, was it 2004, 2005, when they lost in the semifinals in Game 7 to the Suns. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so yeah he was on that he team. He yep. understands, you know, um, what it takes to win, what it takes to lose, the mindset. I think psychologically, Sam Cassell has a lot more in his brain than people give him credit for. I don't think, no. yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that because we need to, because we also, what I recently found out was uh since he was uh an assistant since he is well currently an assistant and on the clippers as well rivers apparently rivers according to a report rivers loves him rivers loves like he's a big advocate for cassell so apparently well, they're from what I, point guards yeah yeah from what i yeah. read though is that uh he raves he raves about cassell's uh off-season work player develop player development work mm-hmm. in particular Rivers said Cassell helped him with his mid-range game which Cassell was known for in his playing days and it is also and it is also represents a philosophical contrast to to D'Antoni's era which is to avoid the mid-range at all costs does anyone so, remember how well of a shooter Sam Cassell was from the mid-range oh he was a killer he was a fucking wizard yeah. pardon my French I, well I, he whenever, was well he was he was Rip Hamilton before Rip Hamilton exactly he was you the know? one it's a lost that, art yes. yes and I feel like because if you if you remembered in the '94 Finals, he would post up Derek Harper in yep. the mid range. Well, and and uh, but also also think about it like that. Also t- talk about talk about the modern era of the Rockets too. Where did we garner the most success? What year? 2018, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Because who? What what other offense did we have? It wasn't just three point shooting and layups. It was the mid range shooting of Chris Paul. Chris Paul and to a small degree Nene. Yes, Nene would. Yes. So that even that alone, so you can compound to like one hundred percent of your offense. I would say maybe like eighty percent of the offense or eighty five percent of that offense was towards three point shooting, yes. free throws, mm-hmm. and at the rim. That small fifteen percent, yeah, it may be fifteen percent, but, but that's fifteen percent of plays. Yes, and that, that was what, throw, and that was what pushed the envelope to get them. And it's them hard past for people to guard because it's not. It's see for the lake. So if you talk about the Lakers series, it's not hard for them to adjust because they double hard and they know they're not going to shoot many mid-range shots. You give these shots to Westbrook, who's injured. You know what they're going to run. Yep. The good thing about having Chris Paul was that when you had that mind, you have the mid-range shooter. So, so you know all the parts that are compounded in a part of that. And yep. you have the mid-range wizard himself, Sam Cassell, leading leading the, that could be the potential leader yeah. and coach of this team. So like, I like, agree. Just like how Kyle mentioned, you know, like – Work mid range post. Well, everyone has been, you know, That's yeah, yeah. James Kyle, Harden. Kyle talk, to do yeah, that. and a lot of, and a lot of our uh, friends in the, uh, a lot of our friends in the group chat, especially you know, like Julio and Jay in particular, we've mm-hmm. always been saying, like, why don't we institute just a little bit of mid range? Why yeah. doesn't Harden work his step back mid range, which is actually really yeah. money? Yeah, if, they need to go back to yes, that. and if Sam Cassell is able to implement that, he is the biggest influence in that because he is the one that has experienced it. He's one of the best at it. Absolutely, and absolutely. So I feel like. He, I think he could possibly be the best influence on those guys. And maybe it's just me. Not everyone has to see it the way that I see it. But the way that I feel in my gut is that he is someone that I think if he were to come here, he can put us over the top. Not like, you know, barring nostalgia, because obviously it'd be great to see him behind the bench. I'd also think it'd be also different, though. I think the bigger than the Cassell hiring himself would also 
but since he is a first time head coach, mm-hmm. would be who would be who would be yes, next to him yes, yes. as assistants. I yes. think that is also a very big yes. big piece of that puzzle. You know, you'd like uh we talked about this, but you said what Nate McMillan, right? To be like a, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, yeah. you'd like for him. Yeah. You know, it's nice to have that Someone strong head exactly. behind him. Um, people that he can trust. I don't know who he knows in the NBA. I mean, there was even rumblings that, you know, Mario Ellie could possibly be someone. Yeah, because Ellie was a, a, yeah, he was an in Sacramento. Yeah. So, I mean, he's someone like that's all nostalgia based, but, you know, great basketball minds together. You absolutely. Know, these absolutely. guys respect each other. Yeah. Okay, so before we before we uh before we go off too too much on on Cassell because the love fest is real, you obviously can tell. Um, let's go ahead, let's go ahead and move on to another coach. Uh, he's the third he's the third coach coaching candidate that has also garnered the most noise. It's been Van Gundy, it's been Cassell, and let's talk about the third now. Uh, Ty Lue, 2016 NBA champion. Uh, Tyrone Lue of the Cleveland Cavaliers won a title with LeBron and Kyrie. Uh, currently the assistant coach to the Clippers. Maybe was thinking maybe that if Doc was going to fail, maybe he was going to be able to swoop in and take that head coaching job. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Doc yep. is still the head coach. Mm-hmm. So, which is going to, which is giving Tyloo an opportunity to maybe be a candidate here. So, GM, I have to ask you, Tyrone Lou, mm-hmm. do we like Tyloo as a coach? Do we like the possibility of him being a coach? What, what, what you say? Absolutely. I mean, I like the fact that him as a coach, took down the greatest team ever, you know, no, before no, KD. Yeah, yeah, before I, KD joined, before KD. he broke up that Warriors because of him. And there is a multitude of things that we can say, but just let's just expand on a few. One, he came back from a 3-1 series deficit against yep. Golden State. Um, he made a multitude of adjustments. In series. Yes. Which in we, series. we have don't see. not had see. in years. Yes, we don't. Well, no, we haven't seen that in decades. Yeah, because let's especially just, knowing just how Dan Tony operates, and that yes. was the big issue with him. I think the last coach that really was able to make any sort of adjustment was Rick Adelman. Mikhail oh, yeah. was yeah, not an X's and O's guy. Well, well, Adelman obviously did make adjustments. If you go back to that second round series in 2009, even losing Yao yeah, they, completely they, revamped that offense on the fly. Two days. On the in fly. In 48 hours, he turned them from game three, a slow running half court offense, to a flying with Aaron Brooks as the point guard and made it ball movement heavy. Yes. Run and gun. And you're getting contributions from a Brian Cook, who was their yeah, 12th man. Exactly. Like, come on now. Like, so that's, that's talking about. Yes. Like, so, so we're talking about how big of a deal that is for Ty Lu. Yes. Because apparently he is some. Like not maybe he's not the biggest one, but he's at least one of the best coaches in making adjustments during a series. Yes, I mean, granted, he did have LeBron, he had a Kyrie, and a Kevin Love fully healthy, you yep. know. But like we always say, the LeBron effect, correct? But yep. the fact yep. that he got LeBron to respect him and to follow him and to hold LeBron accountable, which he did. Yes, he did. Yep, and he did. in that sense. Yes. I mean, there were a multitude of teams that could have taken them out in the East. Toronto and Boston, two teams that were very close to taking them out. But they didn't. Yeah, they, but yeah. they didn't because they had LeBron and Ty Lue was able to make those adjustments when those other teams started to get a sense of, you know, um, confidence. So Ty Lue, like what can he do for a James Harden? Respect. Which Accountability, I think is, which I think at this point in Harden's age, he is needs needed. it. Yes, and I mean, you know, it's like we always talk about when will Harden officially grow up, you know? And the thing about Ty Lu is that he's been there, you know. He played with Kobe and Shaq. He played with Tracy McGrady. Yep. You know, like think about that. He understands. He knows. He's been there. He's been around. He's just another version of Sam Cassell, but he's had experience. He's more seasoned. The thing is, we know what to expect from a Tyloo if Tyloo is hired because he's won championships. Yep. We've and seen his ceiling. He yeah. is proven. So in that in that sense, um, the Rockets can vastly improve not just the offense, the defense, but mentally. You know, yeah. he bring stability because Absolutely. he has been there. Absolutely. So that's what this team really, really needs. That's why I truly, in my hearts of hearts, believe that Sam Tyloo, two of the best 
candidates for this team. And anything short of that that I would be okay with, maybe Van Gundy? Outside of that, failure, in my eyes, completely. But the only thing that Ty Lue won't, the only reason why I feel like Ty Lue is number two, is I don't believe Tillman Fertitta will shell out the money to get a Ty Lue here. Because Ty Lue's going to garner, command money. He's going to garner some cash. He wants, yep. he wants money. Yep. Um, barring, like, the only thing I see Tillman maybe shelling out money is for a superstar coach. But we'll get there. Yeah. Oh, and and would obviously the dream would be to get Cassell as a head coach and maybe Ty Lue as an assistant, or yeah. to get Ty Lue as a head coach with Cassell as an assistant. Exactly. But like that's, obviously that's that's going to be very and, and very much a pipe dream in that sense, just yeah. because they're both assistant coaches, absolutely. And Clippers. So you'd be basically you'd shelling be asking out, for so yeah, much. just to get out, just yeah. to get them out of the Clippers organization. So yeah. okay. Good point. Good points. Good points, especially in terms of getting the respectability factor, which at Harden's age, I feel like is a necessity at this point. Mm-hmm. You just need a coach that he respects. And speaking uh, and speaking of respect, we're going to move on now to our next candidate, Justin. We just talked about we just talked about three of the most likely candidates for the head coaching job of the, for the Houston Rockets. Let's go ahead and let's let's step into Dreamland real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's uh, let's step into Hakeem the Dreamland, and uh, let's talk about the biggest pipe dream. For the for the for the Houston Rockets organization, and that would be Greg Popovich. I'm not saying Greg Popovich. I'm not saying there's any rumors. But I'm we're we're, saying, we're gonna we're gonna talk about fantasy. Let's talk about let's it talk just about real quick. Let's just let's just step into this realm real quick for a second. Let's just say because realistically speaking, Greg Popovich only has a few years left of his coaching career. Mm-hmm. He knows it. I would give him I'd give him about a three to four year window of times he wants yeah. to coach. That San Antonio team's not gonna go anywhere. Nope. Also, his, wants, his home is for sale in San Antonio. His, his home is for sale in San Antonio. And we know he's not going to be coaching very long. We know also that it coincides with the window of Harden and Westbrook as well. Yes. Our window is probably just as thin as his is at this Mm -hmm. point. Yeah. So the idea is obviously going to start spinning from the minds of fans. Yes. Or even some media members. we're speaking in jest. There's no reports of No official reports, obviously. The only team that is linked to Pops is Brooklyn. And that's because of Kyrie and KD. Like... Apparently, because Sean Marks is the GM of Brooklyn, yeah, um, he was a huge um, member of those Spurs teams, yeah, way back in the day, yeah. And apparently, he's been in his ear, trying to chirp just to see about the interest, which is rightfully so. Um, but as a Rockets fan, we've seen how Pops handles his relationships with stars, but not just any stars. Yeah. He raves about James Harden. I don't see him rave about many players no, not in the all. league. No. Maybe like a LeBron, a Kobe, a Kawhi. Kawhi. Yeah. But Harden is he on that. Loves- he loves Well, you he- see Harden anytime yes. he's on the anytime Harden is near that that Spurs bench, he's, he's conversating laughing with laughing with pops. with pops and always conversating yeah. with Pops. And it's very mutual between yes. the two. And because you don't see him do that with a Steph Curry. You don't see him do that with a Paul George. No. You don't see him do that with those guys. Yeah. There's a select few stars that Greg Popovich respects, and our superstar is one of them. And that's one of those things where it's just like, what if? You know, I mean, it's a possibility. It's a slim possibility. We're like, we're thinking along the lines of, uh, Dumb and Dumber, where Jim Carrey's like, so there's a chance. Yeah. After one in a million. There's a chance. Exactly. So, I mean, in that sense, Pops would just be if we somehow get him. That'd be. Nuts. I'm gonna put down a bet that the Rockets win the NBA championship the first oh, yeah, year. Absolutely, like I because, will put money on it. Well, I will. T- I'll, I'll put, I won't. I'll. I'll take it a step further and even say that they won't even. We don't. We shouldn't even put money on it or even bet the farm. But if you're gonna hire a Greg Popovich, that's gonna put a lot of power in Popovich's hands. And Popovich is gonna say, "I want these types of players. I want these types of players." Which means that if they're willing to shell out the money to get Pops in the first place, then that puts Tillman Fertitta in a better light and showing that he is willing to shell out the cash and pay the luxury tax to go for a title that year. So let's go even – if we took a step further into that, then they would make those necessary trades for another – either a big-time player or round it out with really good role players. I would absolutely believe – that the Rockets would be capable and more than capable should even be maybe one of the favorites to win a title Absolutely. next year for Cause, sure. Because I mean, because of um, in 2018 when we were able to get such great role players at cheaper prices, because of the fact it's the, the respect, fact the rep, the reputation of yeah. Chris Paul. Yes, and so 
imagine if Pops it with, comes, yeah, imagine it with Popovich. There are going to be players they're going to flock, shipping at the door. They're going like, to like you know trying to come and play yep. because they know that they will be able to find success in limited minutes with a Popovich running a team. I mean, you will even talk about everything that he's done with the organization with the Spurs. You talk yeah. about the Kurt Thomases of the world that actually yeah. were found success. Yeah, Raja Bell. Oh, no, not Raja Bell. No, no, sorry. Raja Bell. Um, I mean, well, um, even Aimee Idoka, Aimee Idoka who, yes, is a, who is an coach. assistant now. You, um, you get all these different players. Who's, that who's the guy that one? we all loved? The big guy. Um, Boris Diaw. Boris oh, yeah, Boris Diaw. Boris Diaw yeah. type of guy. Just these like, players that aren't me- Yeah, they're just not meant to be in, successful. In San Antonio, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> those are the kind of things, those are the kind of players, if we could have those players under him, this is a championship squad. Absolutely. And you rounded out already with the two stars that we have. It would be... Just imagine a Covington PJ. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it would, it, would, it would empower these players to play next level and want to play next level. So, obviously, yeah. that would be... Just the dream in so many senses, but of course we have to step out of a dreamland. It yeah. is a very slim to none possibility. Yes. I wouldn't say it's impossible, uh-huh. but very improbable. <laughs> <laughs> so with that with that with that said, we would personally I mean if if it were up to me and the GM, of course, Popovich all day every day. We're not be, gonna expand on it because there's not not reason. There's not to. much to expand. So we want exactly. you to kind of feel us. Exactly. It's not much to expand on. But let's expand on this. Let's expand on the Popovich head coaching tree. Let's talk about let's talk about this GM. The first one I want to bring up with you is actually a name that has been tossed around uh lately, especially in the last coming days, and that is uh Becky Hammond, the first female uh women's coach in NBA history, mm-hmm. who has which you've which you've said many of times that she is a great basketball mind. Personally, I don't know too much about what Becky Hammond is. I know she's garnered. The fact that Greg Popovich hired her shows the amount of respect that she garners from him as yeah. a basketball mind. Goes to show how good she is as a coach and how and the the what's that word the potential mm-hmm. that she could shell out and show. Yeah, she, so what do you think of so what do you think of Becky Hammond as a as a potential candidate who actually is technically a potential candidate for the head coaching job yes, in Houston? Um, I feel that as a as a head coach, she is certainly someone that knows how to run a team. Um, when it pertains to dealing with personalities, we're not so sure. San Antonio has very um, humble personalities, not very many stars. And it's San Antonio. Yes, <laughs> um, in that sense. But what she's done in the league under Pops and how he's empowered her to do and coach other teams like the G League, Summer League um, – and other aspects of that. I know that there was a game where she actually coached a couple of games during in season. I might be wrong. Beers and Brodies, let me know. Yeah. Cause I know that there are times when Pops she did. had to leave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She did. She did do some. And head she coaching did very stints. well. Yeah. She did so, a few games. Um, in a San Antonio, um, what's it called? In a San Antonio environment. Yes. Um, in Houston, I'm not so sure. Honestly. It's it's and and I'm gonna use your words and and what you always say. It's like grasping for straws. It's 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 difficult to kind of know. Yes, obviously she's very much an unknown. She's not like a Cassell. Yes. She's yes. not like a Cassell in terms. And I'm not even putting the whole male female debate. It's not yeah. about that. Just mm. talking to her as a coach. She hasn't been an assistant for a long time. Yeah. So it's not it's not like she's been around. I mean, she did have a successful WNBA career. She did. She was she very did. successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, let's not knock her as a as a player. She was great. Yeah. So in that sense, if the guys were to go into it with an open mind, uh, with her success, yeah, it is someone that they couldn't be able to, they can respect. There are certain guys, you know, obviously that you're not so sure about based on attitude, but I bet you like Russell Westbrook would probably be one of the most, um, um, what's it called? Open to it. Just, oh, absolutely. I yes. think he, I think honestly he probably would be a big I could see him being a big advocate. Yes, and he is someone that highly respects people. But Harden? <laughs> I'm not I'm not, not, so not going to say anything. I don't want I don't want to no, slander. We're not gonna, we're not gonna... I'm not going to go there, but you know, we know I his, will go there. His, I will go there. His history. GM, his history with women. I will go there. <laughs> he needs to start looking uh, he needs to start looking at females with respect. I, we always said this that if he were to be married <laughs> with children, <laughs> He'd have a different perspective. It would be different perspective. I need yes, my man. Yeah. I need my man to find his forever woman, <laughs> or at least a woman to last him till retirement. I don't care. Harden, yeah. this is the commissioner talking to you. Get married. Find a woman this off season. 
get your shit together and go win a title. <laughs> That's neither <laughs> here nor there, but you know, I mean, that, that, but yeah, 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 no, I yeah. get that, and 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 I understand uh, everything you're saying, GM, and uh, and I respect it. Yeah, uh, Becky Hammond would be a great. Yeah, coach. I mean, uh, like the fact she's been under pops, she's she's under the she's pops under the pops tree, tree absolutely. So, so Pop sets that foundation for yes. many coaches. We've seen a lot of successful coaches branch out yep. from Pops. Yep. So in, in that sense, like, is she someone that you would like to see? Yes. Mm-hmm. I would totally be behind it. Yeah. I believe yep. that she can do a lot. Um, would Fertitta be behind that? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. Not, see, that's the thing. That, that, that's where into, it gets a little hasty. I'm not going to yeah. dive into Tillman's beliefs, but... I will dive into the fact that I don't think he's a great owner. Yes, we already know that. We already know tax we, we savings, know tax savings over everything. Yep. Tax savings over stars, tax savings over championships. I will let my I will let my voice be heard. Tax savings champion. Tax savings champions of 20 He's he's going to have two banners up. Yeah. Uh GM, he's going to have two banners up in Toyota Center next year. It's going to be tax savings champion from 2018 to 2020 and then he's going to and then he's going to put Grand Floridian champions. Jesus. 2020. <laughs> so okay, good thoughts, good thoughts, uh, GM. Let's 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 dive further actually into the pops tree and talk about uh, Etor Messina. Yes, Etor Messina from the pops he tree. Is someone one of your choice, one of your I personal am, choices. I heavily heavily advocated back in the day before we hired Dan Tony. Messina was one coach that I was very much behind. Yep. yep. Um, because of the fact that. Again, he's from the Pops coaching tree, but he's been through, he's, he's been around the world like a Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson coached in Puerto Rico, Canada, you know, and he was able to garner all that experience. Messina may not exactly be a hippie in that sense. <laughs> yeah. But Messina is someone that Popovich definitely advocated for. He was one, of, he was like an associate head coach under him. Yeah. Before he moved and went back to, uh, he goes, he coaches in, in Italy now, uh-huh. um, but he was definitely someone that had that was highly regarded amongst executives in the NBA. Yeah, I don't know if Maury looked into him because there were names that Maury did look into, but um, he is someone that I really had a strong belief in. Yeah, and I honestly don't know too much about Etor Messina outside of him just being an assistant to Bobovich. So I literally wouldn't. I wouldn't. Be able to formulate a proper opinion mm-hmm. other than whatever you say. And usually, and you are probably, you're probably have one of the best minds of sports that I've, of anybody I've ever met. So I'm going to trust you in that sense. Mm-hmm. I think Ito Marcino would be a great pick. I think now, people would disagree with that. He hasn't been, but you know, I'll say this though. He hasn't been brought up at all. Yeah, he hasn't. He was not, so, he was more so like an under, yeah, an understated, very un- yeah, style under the radar coach, yeah, you know, yeah. someone that kind of hides there. But you know how I roll. I've always been the guy that's like diamond in the rough. Who is someone yep. that we can find? Well, Cassell's like, technically would be a diamond yes, in the rough in all technical terms. He was terms. expecting that. Rudy much. T was a diamond yes. in the rough in all technical terms. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, think about the guys yeah. like the big people that have made these impacts, like advocates for. Like you weren't like nobody really thought that Ariza would make as big an uh, um, impact yeah. as you thought. Just like I was, well, uh, I knew Ariza. I was a make huge a believer impact. in PJ Tucker. From his Phoenix Suns days. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, when knew, I well, knew. Let's get one thing straight, GM. I knew Ariza was going to be huge. I am the biggest Ariza fan there is. I love it. I love the way he plays. I'm just saying, I will forever defend Trevor Ariza and I will forever uh, have angst against Tillman for not resigning him. Yeah. My God. You should have you you wanted to run it back. You should have ran it back properly. I'm just saying. Yes, <laughs> that that I agree. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and move on from uh, Etor Messina, and let's actually dive. Let's dive into the team that eliminated your favorite coach, Doc Rivers, from the playoffs. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the what you said was the offensive brain be the offensive brain behind the Denver offense, mm-hmm. and that is Wes Unsell Jr. Yes. So mm-hmm. let's. So you. You're a big advocate for Wesson Sell Jr. What do you think of, of him as a potential candidate? He's the son of former NBA great Wes Unseld. So obviously, you know, there there are coaches that have been under that tree. But the adjustments that we have seen from Denver in the last two playoff series yeah. has shown, you know, the flexibility about them and their coaches. Yes. So, yes. you know, it's it it looks great on Mike Malone, but Unseld is someone that should be taken very seriously. And he's also, let's not get 
it twisted, he we would be his first head coaching position. So I feel like that is something that Tillman is looking into because of the fact that they may come cheaper. <laughs> money, so money, money. So that is another realistic option. Yeah. Um, do I think it's possible? I don't know. I don't think that they would look that deep into him. Yeah. But I do think that he is definitely a possibility. Okay. Because I feel like yeah. if they want a new voice, they want someone who's more established in the assistant coaching rankings. Yes. Um, but with that being said, Unseld is someone that we've seen, like, the way that offense has been running over there. And then in game two, Denver adjusted. They've adjusted to so many different teams and offenses. Yep, absolutely. These playoffs. Absolutely. And as they've been down, they've adjusted every time. And they found a wrinkle and something that works in yeah. either series. It's so, it, it's almost it's almost it's almost as if like okay, well, let's run let's run our regular game plan, our game scheme mm-hmm. and then realize after the first four games, okay, maybe it's not working. Mm-hmm. And then we'll and then we'll change it. And then they only change it, they'll flip the script 180 entirely. I mean, 2-3-1 comebacks in one freaking playoff run like come on like yeah, that's that's almost back that's, to back that's got i think that's the first time that has to be the first time it's ever that is done. the first time it's ever so absolutely it should be i think the first done in any sport history um yeah i would say so so. so big time on that um before we close the book on coaching search uh gm i have to ask you who is your um who would be your pick for and for your uh if you are tillman and or daryl morey and you had the pick of coach Realistically, realistically, yeah, yeah. No, let's take Popovich out of the equation entirely. He's not okay. realistic. Let's think realistically with the candidates we have okay. in front of us and the board we have in front of us. Who who would you pick? Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. Okay. Um, Sam Cassell. As much as I really advocate strongly for Ty Lu, I just think that Sam Cassell will come at a cheaper price tag. But yeah. he's also someone that would garner respect. He checks all the boxes of someone that can change the culture, change the offense, set a defensive precedent, and also toughen up the team in general. The team is already tough. They've been through it. But the, this chemistry thing, there's more to it. And but it's the, it's also just the mental capacity yes, of this team, I, too. I do believe that Sam Cassell has it. Um, okay. I think he needs a chance, and I think we're the perfect team for it. Um, I mean, we're the team that took a chance on him. We drafted him. Exactly. So why not, right? Uh, talk about talk about coming a, f- a full circle uh, for the city of Houston. I think that would be pretty big time. In absolutely, that sense. absolutely. Okay, okay. So good point. Good point. For me personally, my personal choice. You know what? And and it, I did not want the part of the reason why it was I was hesitant to even uh, ask your opinion on this because I knew you were going to convince me to think otherwise. Because now I'm thinking. Fuck, man, because that would be a great choice. <laughs> so, no, I'm going to stick to my guns here. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I think Jeff Van Gundy would be great. Uh, he's my personal pick if I were if I were uh, Daryl Morey. I would just pick Van Gundy because I know the respect factor that he brings. Mm-hmm. I know the tenacity. I know the toughness that he brings as a head coach. And I know – I would have the confidence to know that Harden would respect Van Gundy, yeah. the second he comes in. And like I we said earlier in the pod, I feel like he can go nose-to-nose and tell Harden to his face, you're not going to average 35 anymore, and we need to focus in more defensively. Like, I feel like that would be that would be the mantra. and the That would be his uh, mind state going into mm-hmm. being a head coach. Yeah. So I, I I think he would be great. And, and like I said earlier in the pod as well, I think him coaching for Team USA kept him involved in in the scheme of the way that the NBA is played, especially yeah. with the offensive set. And it obviously, obviously would also come with who, you know, and it, it goes for both of us too. What are the assistants that are going to come in for Van Gundy or Cassell? So I think True. that's also big time to think about as well. Absolutely. So, okay, I pick Van Gundy, you pick Cassell. Lots of respect there. And uh, both former Houston, Houstonians to a degree. So I'll go ahead and uh, I'll close the book on that. So the cur- coaching search is officially closed and uh we put our best foot forward on that yeah so let's go ahead and move on now gm we need to talk about this because it is the off season which means off season garners so many things in terms of uh promise for the team and we talked about coaches obviously because the big coaching change is going to be number one Mm -hmm. but number two that's going to be behind the coaching change is going to be the players Mm -hmm. who's going to stay 
Who's going to leave? Yeah. Who's going to come in? Let's think real. We have to be realistic here. And we have to bring everyone back down to earth. Because I know not all listeners here or even anyone, any casual NBA fan would know that we are pretty much capped out. Mm-hmm. We cannot just go out and we can't just go out and be like, okay, well, I want to go uh, go for call. I want to get Carl Anthony Towns mm-hmm. or I want to make a run for, you know, I don't even know who's a free agent this offseason, honestly. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, you can't go for the big time superstars to pair. Yeah. So let's talk about this right now. Uh, GM, me personally, I think the most realistic player in terms of star power mm-hmm. because of the fact that he's been flying under the radar lately and he is currently on a team where they are not successful at all i'm sure he wants to leave i'm sure he wants to be in a team where he can win a championship again because he is an nba champion yep. and that would be kevin love i think kevin love would honestly be a great choice people would tend to disagree with me because of his defense yes but i personally would pick kevin love as an as not even just an option, but actually a realistic option because his stock isn't high. You have to argue his stock isn't high right now. Yes, he's not. He didn't have a fantastic season. He's kind of flying under the radar. Cleveland's kind of a bottom of the barrel team. Yeah, and we have the salary to match the trade mm-hmm. if need be. So, realistically speaking, what do you think of Kevin Love as as a possibility to come come to the Houston Rockets? Kevin Love is certainly um, a possibility in the sense if we were able to find enough um, contracts to sign or money to send to get him. The guy's um, got to make; he's going to make three thirty-one million next year. So would I it be in the last year? No, I'm looking has, at it right he's now. Have how many three years? more years? So he, did they just sign him? It was last. Oh, he's year. up until twenty. Ooh, he's up until so it'd be. Th- Three more years. He's yes. twenty twenty three. He'll be a free agent. Um, that'd be right around the time Harden okay. and Westbrook might be done too. So, um, in that sense, like it does keep your window open. Yes. Um, it also provides the amount, like the and you know, he would be the center. Yes. People don't, you know, people tend to think that you know he doesn't play great defense. I think he plays better defense than people give him credit for. He just needs to be in the system to be successful. Well, the good thing about he him, needs, yeah, yeah, we don't need him to be a rim protector. Well, no, 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 we don't, we no. don't, and that's what I'm saying. Like, we yeah. don't really need him to be rim. We don't need him to be a rim protector. But the be the spread offensively speaking, the be he's a good spread. He's a good spread player. He gets rebounds like a freaking boss. Yep. The dude was known for, you know, Minnesota, obviously not he's not Minnesota K Love anymore when he dropped 30 for th- 30 for 30, but what he brings to the what what he brings to the table is just it's a skill set. It's a you know it it coincides with Jay's with, with what Jay wants. He wants a skilled big man. Mm-hmm. And Kevin he's, Love is probably the most realistic skilled big man. He's definitely the on, best be possibility the because of that with Eric Gordon's contract. He signed 4 years, 80 million. So um, you put in him sense, in. Uh, who, what were you saying? We talked about this earlier. You put Daniel him House. Daniel House, right? Obviously, you have to trade Daniel House because of what happened this year. How can you trust him anymore? I would, and and people would say like, okay, well, what deal would get it done for Kevin Love? Mm-hmm. I would think that a Gordon and House would be a great kickoff point. Yeah. In terms of what they would also bring, Daniel House is still young. Gordon could be the vet that comes in mm-hmm. and helps the team. Yeah. Daniel House is a good still solid young forward. Yeah, I mean you can, you can you have them, a good you have two good with, building blocks. With Colin Sexton. Exactly. Like, you know, you someone have, that can um you know, a point guard and give him shooters that yeah. are constant and they're consistent in exactly. that sense, right? Exactly. Um, and then we get our star, our third star who will stick yes. with them. Yes. And and a Darryl, great relationship. Yes, and Daryl Morey has a huge affinity. And let's not yeah. even forget Westbrook and Kevin Love are roommates in college at UCLA. Yep, and they were he, best friends. And Love and Love and Harden have a great relationship from Team USA. Yes, so, so it works. And man, if that happens, that's definitely the pipe dream in the sense of realism, you know, realistic like, possibilities. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even go so far as to call it a pipe dream anymore. Like I just, maybe I'm underrating Kevin Love now, mm-hmm. but I just don't hear his name talked anymore at yeah. all. The thing is, if we have those. Like there's there gonna be four guys who will be being paid at least fifteen million and up. Yeah, and, and but but you know what though? I mean, I'd rather give that money to Kevin Love than freaking Eric Gordon. Yes, at this exactly. Point. I agree. You, because because you're still paying Gordy that money. Yeah. We're not gonna get as much bench scoring. 
per but se. Then, but then that's when you go out and get those players. Yep. You go out and get yeah, the players. Like, because you can get you can find your Gordon replacement. Yes. If you can get the non taxpayer Emily for someone who is a free agent, you know, like how we were this close to getting a JJ Reddick, right? Absolutely. Um, I don't know how much he signed with New Orleans for. He, I, I think, think it's it was, two years. I think it was two years, like ten million a year, maybe. Or something like that, or maybe but um, you know, there's a possibility. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just grasping for straws and th- throwing ideas out there. Yeah. But I mean, if we're gonna think uh, and um, realistically, like we were talking about earlier about Trevor Reza possibly signing for the that. Would, okay, so let me let me give you. Yeah. Let me give you my 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 dream off season. Yeah, would be that we would trade away Gordon and House. We'd bring in Kevin Love, and then you sign Trevor Ariza to the Vets minimum. Mm-hmm. You trade tra- get get Ariza for the Vets minimum, and then you sign Ibaka with that with the taxpayer MLE, and then you and then you just round out the team. You keep River. I think realistically speaking, you can keep Rivers, and I think you can also keep Green. And then you can sign back, and then you sign back Joe Green. All three players to the minimum. Yeah. Especially if you bring in a coach that'll make him excited. Especially if you end up hiring your choice, Sam Cassell, who Rivers loves. Mm-hmm. I definitely see that being an option. And honestly, let's think. Let's 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 take a step back and just look at that squad as a whole. You're looking mm-hmm. at. Let's look at that potential starting lineup. You're looking at Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Robert Covington, PJ Tucker. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you know what? I don't know. Would Serge Ibaka come off the bench? Would Ibaka come off the bench? Would he come off the bench? I think Serge Ibaka is more realistic if we don't get Kevin Love. If so, we get, so if we if we so if we, we were to dream, trade for Kevin Love, then I think we use the non-taxpayer Emily on a sixth man. Yeah, so it wouldn't um, be. No, so yeah. it would be like my pipe dream would be to get Kevin Love, but if it's not Kevin Love, then it would be Serge Ibaka because it would put it would push Covington to play the three, and then it'll mm-hmm. put PJ back at the four where he belongs. Yes, and then you get an Ibaka. Or a uh, Kevin Love as the five. center, yeah. and then and then you start you know trickling it down to the players. So you get you try to go for a six man similar similar to the skill set of an Eric Gordon, and then you bring in uh, Trevor Reza, obviously for his just for that. And you know what? We even talked about that too because there's an insider, there's a Clutch Fans insider that even said that Harden and Ariza are still talking now. Mm-hmm. Because Ariza wants to come back, it's just some. There's just an affinity that that Trevoriza has with Houston, and and that was part of the reason why they brought in Luke and Bamute was because there's that sense of unfinished business in 2018. Now, obviously, they're older, but it's going to be so different. But Trevoriza, I think, is still very serviceable. He was playing really well in Portland. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was playing really when and he was in Portland. He was playing really well. I feel like he is someone that can, you know, he can bring that tenacity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. After he left, um. After 2018. Yeah. The dynamic of the team changed. Absolutely. And we're definitely gonna have to go against you know, uh, Daniel House coming back. Um, if Trevor Reza does come, it's pretty yeah, much Donsky. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Of and course. I, I and you want to you want to do a deal with a team that's going to be a perennial loser for the time being. You want to look at those teams and see the possibilities. That's what I'm saying. You, know? you can kind of take yeah. Yeah, exactly I mean, you want someone like you know how like Taj Gibson went to New York, you know, and he's a solid mind. Or Julius and, Randall. Yes, in that sense, someone who could play alongside those guys, um, veteran wise. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just feel like it's um, if we can somehow get Kevin Love or Serge Ibaka, then everything should go it changes yes especially I mean, with a new coach yeah i mean if we got a jeremy grant then okay well that was PJ, actually gonna ask you i was go gonna to ask B- you pj sixth man pj yeah. sixth man because i was actually gonna ask you yeah. too if you were to pick one player to get this offseason now let's just let's not let's talk actually realistic because jeremy grant to a degree is also still a realistic option if he wants to come here yeah so i'm not talking like in terms of like okay i want Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. like of course you want Giannis. Antetokounmpo. oh i want Clay Thompson, of course you want Clay Thompson. Like, don't get me wrong here, but pick one player that you'd want this offseason. Like, like one player that you just feel like would just catapult this team. That is realistic. Kevin Love, Bradley Beal, or Jeremy Grant. Yeah, like I mean, um, Bradley Beal would be put perfect. Res- Yo, first of all, put respect in Bradley Beal's name because my dude averaged thirty this season and he didn't even get an All NBA selection. Yeah, like. The disrespect. I know. Yo, I have to give him the look. Remember that meme that went worldwide? I know y'all I know y'all don't see me, but the GM sees me, but I'm gonna have to give you this look. 
<laughs> I mean, come on. How do you not how I mean, do you it, not give my boy some Bradley Beal deserves some respect. But... Put respect in his name. You know what? Damian Lillard has enough respect. I don't know what he says. Put some damn respect in my name. You have enough respect. Bradley Beal needs respect. He showed us. See, he's another option, too. You could realistically see. Yeah, I just don't see it. Yeah, with, yeah. Well, I mean, with... the money that's made. If, and, we, and if we still spot, had Chris obviously. Paul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then, yes, because we have the picks. But we don't have the picks to entice Washington. No, not Cleveland. Anymore. We, I don't think, I think the we picks do. are necessary. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't because... think picks are but but Maury can like I said, Maury can buy second round picks. He can buy like yeah. a late first rounder if need be. Yeah. yeah. He could full I wouldn't be if mm-hmm. he I think if he buys draft picks on draft night, you have to think there's a deal. I don't think they're looking I don't think they'd be looking to draft with those picks. Yeah. If it gets announced, oh Maury just bought the bought the forty first pick. Maury just bought the forty fifth pick mm-hmm. with, you know, money. There has to be a deal. Like yeah. there's gonna be a deal. There's something that's gonna be brewing at that's at that point. So yeah. I'm just saying, just uh, just in terms of, of what could happen, and we've seen enough of it. Yeah, in our time. So okay, okay, all right, good, good stuff. Uh, good stuff. GM, is there any other player that you think would be realistic? I mean, realistically speaking, those four players are probably like, you know, like, along with Jeremy like Grant. Moore is like looking for. In I, a I sense. would, th- I would think so. Um, all veteran presence, all veteran presence type players. Yeah, I mean, you want those guys. You want players that. Um, I mean, that's the squad that got it done. Yeah. That's the squad that got it done in 2018 because it was filled with a bunch of veterans. Yes. That was the squad that got it done. So I would want Joe Green back too. Put respect in Joe Green's name <laughs> for the H. But Bring he's Joe also back. clutch. And, you know, he is he's clutch. Better than Ben Michael Moore. Granted, we love Ben. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love but him. He's Joe B-Mac, Green but... is someone that is. He's you know, just unafraid, man. He's just unafraid of the moment. I yeah, he's he, not. he hit so many big threes against Golden State in Golden State. Yep. Like. The dude's unafraid of the moment. And if he can drain threes in Durant's face mm-hmm. in Oracle, you got to have balls of steel. So, yes. so Joe Green for sure. And you know what? I think absolutely speaking, the highest percentage of what's to happen is yeah. going to be Joe Green resigning. Yeah. Out of all of these players, it's going to be Joe Green resigning. I feel like that's about a guarantee. And you know, at the end of the day, watch, that's the only deal we get done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. That's pretty much the Houston Rockets' mo at this oh, point. In time. Well, you know, every, everything is everything is going to be as it happens right now. It's going to be an accelerated off season, mm-hmm. uh, for what we know, because they're the goal. Well, it got pushed back a few weeks because they they wanted to do it in the first week of December. Now they're targeting around Christmas Day to be the start, and it's Maybe already the first week of January. Is it? That's like what I'm now. thinking too. So it's already going to be October. So you are looking at realistically speaking one, two, three months, yeah, and that's that's nothing. So it's going to be quick. Everything's going to be quick, and it's going to be accelerated. So I think a head coach is going to be announced maybe like maybe late October. I would think after the NBA Finals, obviously. Um, no, I would say before. You think before? Um, okay, I would say I'd give it a month after D'Antoni got um, let go. Okay, okay, so maybe maybe during the NBA Finals, possibly. So um, okay. So we'll we'll give it that, but at the end of the day, everything right now is is just. But I, I just think that the second yeah. week of October is ideal. Okay, um, especially you know because you, know, you want this coach to really. You like want it, the coach to be to here start before getting, free agency. Before, absolutely, even like during pre-draft, you need him here. He just needs to be there, even though we don't even have any picks. Yeah, you want we him. need you want that. You need that head coach to be there. So I agree. Mm-hmm. Good points. Good points. And obviously, we're at the very beginning. It's not even technically off season right now. It's off season for the Rockets, but the NBA off season isn't even set yeah. right now. We just got through Anthony Davis totally stomping on the Denver Nuggets with that game winner. Yeah, and uh, wow, that team. And before we sign off. Lakers, man, team of destiny. I think so. I think so too. And I think I think, so. I think the team of destiny. I think uh, I think the that, spirit uh, of Kobe. I yeah. think the spirit of Kobe is backing them. After that, um, what's called that game winner. Yeah, it just seems like it's definitely what's going to happen for them. I, I, you know, as much as I appreciate Denver for all their hard work because they're so uh, scrappy. Yeah, you just gotta, man. I mean, it's it's a it's a Hollywood script. And yeah, I gotta and I gotta respect it and I gotta appreciate it because I do love I do love Kobe. So yeah, definitely, definitely, and uh. And with that said, GM, do you have anything else to say before we sign off here? Before we uh, officially start the NBA, the Rockets offseason? Anything else left to say? No, I think I've said it all. And I want to know what everyone else has to say. Yeah. I want to know everyone else's opinions on who they want as coach. So Give enough, us enough, your takes. Enough about me. Give us Eno- your takes. Enough your, about us. Enough. Your takes matter. We need. I want to hear other people's opinions and why. I want I more want takes from the summit. 
yeah. So even if you disagree with me, that's cool. That's better. Just you know, I want I want some opinions. You're Superman, baby. You go, dude. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I'm definitely. We are definitely gonna go on uh, Instagram. Be on the lookout for that. We are definitely gonna ask for your takes before the before the head coach gets hired. Who do y'all think should be the NBA? Uh, should be the Rockets head coach? Who do you think? You know, your opinion matters, and I think that we all that we definitely set that precedent with our last episode. Yeah. Because of the fact that we read every single take, and I'm telling you right now, we're gonna put something on Instagram in these next coming days. We want to hear your opinion, your take, because your take matters. Whether you are a 45-year-old, 50-year-old, or your Claire's son who's a three-year-old who thinks Westbrook should quit basketball, your take matters. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead and uh, go ahead and give us a follow at uh, some at, on Instagram at Summit State of Mind underscore Pod, where we are going to put out your uh, where we put out the, the platform for you to put out your takes. Um, and be on the lookout for that as well. Go ahead and listen to us on Apple Mu- on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music now as well. We are on all three wonderful platforms, and we are there too. And just to continue supporting us, we appreciate it. Every listen counts. I'm always keeping track of the counts. I don't know if the GM is, but I'm always keeping track. I keep track of the counts like every day. So it's always a big so it's always a big deal for me, and, uh, and I know it's a big deal for the GM. So we appreciate that. And with that said, with this pandemic going on, please make sure that you are wearing a mask make sure you are washing your hands make sure you're washing your hands for at least 20 seconds and uh, make sure you're taking care of yourselves and make sure that you take care of, your, of each other beards and brodies and oh yeah before we before we sign off um before we sign off gm uh i think that it's about time to uh start our uh, i think that's enough uh, enough serious off-season talk i think it's about the time now that we uh we start with our uh, proper episodes just like the way we did a few episodes before the uh, bubble began so I'm yeah. sure there's going to be drafts coming up, some games being played, some enemies being made. Yes. And yeah. uh, I cannot wait. Maybe some rocket spectives. Rocket spectives and, and run it backs. And I cannot yeah. wait to kick your ass once again in, uh, in, uh, in another draft, yeah, another we'll, draft we'll, coming we'll, episode. We'll I'm sure it. it's coming. We'll it. Oh, no, no. Come on. Let's be real here. We we'll know it's coming. It. We know it's coming. We'll we all know the GM sucks. The commissioner's awesome. No, I'm just kidding. I love you. I love you, GM. I'm just kidding. <laughs> whatever dude <laughs> with that with that said uh just appreciate each and every one of y'all and keeping out future episodes as they come and we are going to keep pumping them out big thanks to y'all and take care the summit four, 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 four.